Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So the powerhouse in college football, the SEC, put out their preseason football rankings. You think this is a changing of the guard, is <laughs> as it were? Not hardly. Not hardly. Georgia's the number one pick, as you might expect. Now keep in mind, there are two there are divisions in the Southeastern Conference, and who knows what it might be like next year when two more teams join the league. But for now, it's East and West. And Georgia is the overall number one pick in the SEC. LSU second, no surprise. Alabama third, hardly a surprise. Tennessee, Texas A&M, they are the top five. Okay, wait, wait a minute now. What about our what about our local teams? Well, Arkansas is in a tie for seventh in the SEC, a tie with Kentucky, and Kentucky, which is coached by a Stoops, a member of the Stoops family, is in fact getting a whole whole lot better. They were better last year. They've been to bowl games, and they're coming on in football. This is this is very good. Anyway, Arkansas tied for them for seventh. What about Missouri? Well, they are rated next to last in the SEC. Vanderbilt is last, 14th. Missouri is rated 13th in the SEC. So we'll see what happens. A long season coming up, but look for Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, and Texas A&M to really be the kingpins. Now, fans, don't start grabbing your pitchforks just yet. This is all on paper, so it doesn't mean <laughs> anything. Also, I guarantee you Alabama's not happy sitting there. Right Number now. three? <laughs> ain't happy about that. Well, we'll see what happens. But like I said, SEC, they're dangerous, man. But things are going to get shaken up when those two more teams go in there. Now, um, you you talk about college football. You talk about pro football. Those organizations have usually so much influence or power that if something goes wrong or something goes good, the government gets involved. Sometimes. And sometimes. why is the government getting involved with the SEC? Well, the, it's not just the SEC. It's all of football. This is the commissioner of the SEC. His name is Greg Sankey, and he is highly regarded around the country. Yesterday in his opening remarks, this is prior to the SEC meeting. It's a two-day get-together they have down in Nashville. It's where they rate the teams and all the coaches speak. All, all the conferences have this. Anyway, before that, he gave a state of the SEC, so to speak. Well, Mr. Sankey urged Congress, the United States Congress, to take control of the nil, the name, image, and likeness. Right now, they haven't taken control. The federal courts have mandated that states have the control. And that's what it is. This is not a college thing. This is states who control where the money's going and so forth and so on and how much is going to be distributed, et cetera. So, Mr. Sankey has said this isn't working. This is entirely out of control. The government needs to take it over. Whether or not anybody listens to him or decides to take control, that remains to be seen. But when the commissioner of the SEC says Congress needs to get involved, then you have to think there's some credibility to what might happen and what really, in all honesty, Mike, does need to happen. This is ridiculous what they're doing with just... The fact that the athletes are being paid is not the point. It's how much they're getting. Some colleges do have directors of the NIL, or the name, image, and likeness is what nil is. But they don't have, all they're doing is directing the fact that there is money coming in. Barry Hinson, for instance, the old Bears coach, is the nil director at Oklahoma State. Well, that's fine. He does not control, certainly, how much an athlete is getting and how much a, a Mike Holmes is getting for doing something like that. It's just the fact that the money is coming in. So there needs to be control, there needs to be some rules, there needs to be some balance as to what happens. 
Do we really want Congress messing with football? If they're the only ones who can control it, yes. Mm. Mm. Well, sometimes this, I don't know if that's a better solution. Uh, New York Giants uh, did not reach an agreement with uh, Barkley. Um, I've heard that they're just going to tag him franchise, right? Yeah, so that's a done deal. Um, Chiefs, where are we with this Chris Jones conversation? Well, that, you bring up the interesting point, and the key right there was his franchise player. This is not just Saquon Barkley. There's this Josh Jacobs of the Los Angeles Raiders and Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys. These were all franchise players. There's the key. They had the franchise tag on their name, which means that to sign them to long-term contracts to do that, then, in fact, the teams had to have an agreement by 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Did not happen with any of those guys at all. And there's uh, quite a bit of disruption because of that. Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants says he may sit out the season. I don't think that'll happen. don't think any of them will. But what's their mindset going in? Now, keep in mind, they play. There's a percentage involved. They play for a certain amount. It's, it's dictated in the contract. And in Saquon Barkley's case... He's making $10,100,000 a year. Don't give a damn what anybody tells you, folks. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. And when you earn that amount of money, I don't care who you are, you put out your best. You put out your best any time. So why these guys would not have a mindset to do that boggles me personally. But that's a personal thought. Anyway, the no, no discussions can take place until after the season is over, and then you just assume they're going to say the heck with that and become free agents and see what they can command on the free agent market. Now, as far as Chris Jones is concerned, he is not a franchise player this year. He was last year, but not this year. Now, he's working on a long-term contract with the Chiefs. I think he will sign it probably in, oh, maybe the next couple of days, maybe the next couple of weeks, whatever it is. He is bound to play for the Chiefs this year. If he's going to, it'll be, and he'll make a lot of money, something like $17, $18 million. But he wants a lot more than that, and defensive linemen are getting a very good amount of money from their new contracts. Anyway, Chris Jones is not under any uh, chronological time that he has to sign that contract, other than at the end of 2024. He better get it done by then. But in terms of having a specific time and date, no, that doesn't exist. Um... I'll tell you, there is a difference in the type of player that's going to play when they're tagged. Chris Jones would be a great example. He came out and played hard, uh, gave us a great season when we tagged him, and then you got the other type of player that says, I'm not going to do that. Pittsburgh see the running back years ago who sat out and was racing Le'Veon Bell, and and Le'Veon Bell never did come back to his fullest. And that's what they all have to remember. But keep in mind, these are human beings. We're all human beings, and everybody is different. It might be a, a good question to ask uh, Mitch tonight about how he feels. It's absolutely going to get asked tonight. Uh, Mitch and Danon at the Chiefs Happier Dive on Patton. That starts at 5.30. We still have a few tickets left, but they are very low. So if you haven't got yours yet, I'd buy it this morning, or you can at the door. But we're getting close to capacity, so uh, I wouldn't sit on it too long. Cardinals were back out on the field yesterday. They gained any more ground. Yes, they did. Uh, This is interesting, the way baseball works, and we've talked about this, Mike, time and time again this season. It's a game of rhythm and a game of peaks and valleys. Well, the Cardinals are starting to climb a peak right now. How far that goes, well, that remains to be seen. They're now only, and I don't mean this facetiously, but they're only 12 games under 500 now. Got a 6-4 win over the Miami Marlins last night. Miami, Miami is in a really deep slump at the moment. I think they're a much better team than they are, but uh, <clears throat> over and above all that, they're still 
riding the crest of inconsistency, and uh, that's not working. And the Cardinals did get a win. Cardinals, as I mentioned, 12 games under 500, 11 games out of first place, and and out of last place in the Central Division. Actually, that's a bit of a misnomer because they're tied with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but still, they are reaching a point now where they're about to start getting a whole lot better. They're in rhythm and hitting well. How long that lasts? Baseball's a game of rhythm. Cardinals did make a roster change, and they made it prior to the game last night. Uh, this is <laughs> this is really, a, in my opinion, a nothing circumstance. They picked up Ryan Tepera from the uh, free agent list. Free agent pitcher who's been around for 11 years. I must admit, I'm only mildly familiar with the guy he's played for. Toronto and the Chicago Cubs, the Los Angeles Angels, Texas Rangers. Been around and not really been a very stellar pitcher. 11-year Major League veteran. They signed him to the active squad. He pitched last night, as a matter of fact, for an inning. And he replaces Genesis Cabrera, who has been designated for reassignment. That's the and that's the mild term for his cut from the team. Now, I'm a little surprised at that. Cabrera's a young guy, pitched down here with the Springfield Cardinals, but nonetheless, Cardinals made that deal, and that's the way it's going to work. Uh, brother. Uh, so, how'd the Royals do yesterday? They lost. Uh, the Detroit Tigers were trailing 2 to nothing into the eighth inning. The Tigers erupted for three runs, and the top of the eighth game was played up at Kauffman Stadium, Kansas City. And Detroit gets a win 3-2. to two. Kansas City is just mired in circumstances where they're not going to come out of it this year, of course. But they do need to be concentrating on getting better, and I think they will. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they don't start bringing up some of their youngsters to get major league experience. That's what it's all about. And that helps you build championships. And that helps you build championship teams down the road. So hopefully they can do that going forward into the future. All right, a lot of my buddies that are into NASCAR... We're bitching and complaining about that uh, race wouldn't happen on Sunday and had to happen yesterday, trying to figure out how they'd get out of work. <laughs> I don't know if they were successful, but someone did win that race. They did indeed, and that someone is Martin Truex Jr., who drives for the Bass Pro Shop Company, and he wins his third race of the season and his first time ever at the New Hampshire International Speedway in Loudonville. This is a key because they did get the race in. It was postponed on Sunday because of the just the overwhelming amount of rain they've had up in New England. But uh, able to get the track dried out, able to get some of the fans. It wasn't a full house by any stretch of the imagination. Race was pretty good. Truex and Joey Logano battled neck-to-neck or fender-to-fender, however you want to call it in racing. Right down the stretch, checkered flag went to Martin Truex Jr. He is the winner. A lot of fun, and hopefully... Some of you guys got out of work yesterday to watch it. Reminder, Chiefs Happy Hour tonight. Dive on Patton. We'll see you at 5.30. Mitch Holtis, Dan and Hughes, and all of us going to be there. Do not miss out. Now, you have a wonderful day, sir.